Okay, hi guys. We are trying this out. We did it with the church this morning. It went very well. If you heard Julie speak, please check back next week as we do this more. Uh, I know that right now is a really crazy time. I know that this is something very different. Normally we would be in youth right now. We'd be eating or playing games or making fun of Rob or something like that. Uh, And it'd be a lot of fun. Uh, One of the reasons I wanted to do this, though, is because of that. Because everything is abnormal right now. Everything is crazy. You're hearing conflicting reports all over the place. But we will continue to do this. And we also have, since we're on Facebook Live right now, uh, you'll be able to comment and kind of say things along the way. I won't be able to see them, but you can make fun of me. That's cool. Uh, Another reason I wanted to continue to do this, and that I will continue to do this for as long as we don't have youth in person, uh, is that the series that I started a couple weeks ago was Always Keep Fighting. And it's something that's very important to me personally. It's something that, that matters a lot to, I know, so many of the people uh, that, that are here every week, that aren't even here every week. Uh, and I know that a few weeks ago when we talked about anxiety, that's probably something that's going crazy for a lot of people right now. Uh, I had heard people say that, hey, you know, a lot of people that deal with anxiety aren't as worried right now. And everybody else is kind of getting a taste of that because they're hearing all these things and they're scared. Uh, well, what I'm going to talk about this week isn't necessarily related to that, but it's something that goes along with the desire to keep fighting. It's something that goes along with mental health. Uh, I am going to talk about enough, and by that I mean you are enough, and I want to start there. But I want to talk about self-image, about how you see yourself, about the way that, that people can sometimes get lost in seeing the wrong thing, in seeing... Uh, worrying so much about what other people see that they don't pay attention to what is good, that they don't pay attention to what they have inside, that they don't pay attention to the important things. Uh, it, it can be a tough thing because there are a lot of different things that go into this. I have heard, I've known people who have things like, uh, who have issues like body dysmorphia where you literally will look in the mirror and see something that no one else sees. You will see the worst. I have known people who, who are just really tiny, skinny, but, but, but feel like they're gigantic. And, and it's not like a drama thing at all. It's something that is going on in their heads. Uh, I don't have those personally, but it's something that Whenever I am going to be in front of a live camera, as I am right now, I'm trying not to look at my own monitor, uh, but whenever I am going to preach, whenever I'm going to be in public, I will try on several different t-shirts, several different, not outfits, but several different things that I wear because I don't like how I look in the mirror. I don't like very much about myself. And I've said that before, and it's something that I don't hide. It's something that, that, that affects me a lot. It affects how I assume other people are, are talking about me. It affects how I live my life. I spoke in anxiety, how I always feel that other people are talking about me. I was just joking with Terry and Matt that that if I see them, they're helping, say hi to them. Uh, If I see them start whispering while I'm doing this, that I'm going to immediately assume it's about me. And that goes into self-image a little bit. And so I want to start with a scripture from Romans 12, 1 through 2. Uh, And this is, And so, dear brothers and sisters, I plead with you to give your bodies to God because of all he has done for you. Let them be a living and holy sacrifice, the kind he will find acceptable. This is truly the way to worship him. Don't copy the behavior and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. There's so much there that can be used for so many different things. To copy the behavior and customs of the world. Most people immediately jump to sin because we we are not to copy that custom. We are not to copy the the vanity. We are not to copy jealousy. All of those different things. Anger, uh, hatred, anything like that. Some of those things you're seeing right now around the world. But also, we are to remember what is valuable. 
And it's one thing for me to share this scripture. It's one thing for me to talk about this. I could give a wonderful message today. I could speak from my heart, which I will do. And I could talk about all of the different things that help me and all of the different things that I've heard help others. It's still something that takes time. It's still something that takes prayer. Absolutely, you start with that. But you also need to be willing to ask for help. And that is another way that we don't want to copy the behavior and customs. Because so often people are afraid to ask for help. They're afraid that, well, if I tell this person that I'm dealing with an eating disorder, if I tell this person that, that I think this, they're going to think that I'm stupid. They're going to think that I'm, I, I'm just seeking drama. They're going to think that, that, that I care too much about what other people think. And all of those things can add into how we feel. All of those things can add in to our life. And those things can even get worse when we're kind of isolated like we are right now. You would think that, that logically, the more you're around a lot of people, the more uh, you would start to worry about your self-image, the more you would start to feel things like that. But when you're isolated, you have no good things coming in often either. And so you can just really get in your own head. You can really think. You can really worry. But one of the things that, to me, helps from this scripture is remember what God values. What is the most important? As often as I hate myself and I hate my appearance and I hate things like that, I try very hard to remember the things that other people might find good, the things that help. Uh, one of the things that I've said frequently and that I'll continue to say throughout this series is throughout my life, I have struggled to feel loved. It's just something that, that is going on with me, within me, with my mind. And so I do my best to help other people not feel that way, to help other people feel loved, to help other people know that they are loved, to help other people see that love. And so that's one of the ways that I try to look at what can be good. I try to think about what can be good. I have to tell myself sometimes over and over and over again, well, you know that this, this is something that's in your head. Talk to people, pray, uh, read the scriptures, do all of these different things. There are so many different ways to combat it, but again, one of the things that we see in our society, one of the things that, that we see all of the time, and one of the things we feel ourselves is once you tell someone you have a problem or once you realize you have a problem, once you make that declaration, then it's like, well, it's going to be fixed now, right? I've had many people come up to me over the course of my life and say, well, just go smile. You know, you're depressed. You deal with that. Just go smile. Just go pray. And it's over. And, and, and for some people, they can actually act absolutely, eh, live, absolutely be healed from different mental issues, from different issues like that, from, from illnesses, from everything. They can be healed and it's happened. For others, it can be a lifelong process. It can be something that they have to fight every day. So don't get discouraged if you do build up the courage to talk to someone. And you say, man, you know, I've, I've really been dealing with, with an eating disorder. I've really been dealing with self-image issues. I've really been dealing with, with this worry and hatred about myself. And then that person listens and talks to you. Maybe it's a counselor. Maybe it's, it's me. Maybe it's a pastor. Maybe it's a, a close friend who, who believes in you, who loves you, who t will tell you the truth. Don't be discouraged if the next day you still feel kind of the same way. Because part of always keep fighting, the biggest part of it is you're always continuing to stand up. And there are going to be some days, especially after you first get help, where you're going to be like, okay, I'm not supposed to copy the behavior and customs. I'm supposed to, to remember what's good about me. And you'll maybe make a list. You'll maybe write down something like, oh, you know, I have spiky hair, and that's kind of cool. Uh, I, I have a neat t-shirt sometimes. Like, I, that's my list. You can make a different list like that. And then you're like, like three minutes later, you're like, oh, I forgot the list. I don't care. This is so hard. It takes time, and it takes practice, and it takes perseverance, it takes courage, and that is why it's so important to remember you are enough. If I had my PowerPoint, I'd show you that slide. Uh, my, my, my shirt 
for this, and I'm trying to wear a different Always Keep Fighting shirt each week, um, it's you are not alone. Because you are not alone in this. Other people deal with this, but also other people care. Uh, don't let yourself get so isolated that you feel like no one else will understand, that no one else will care. Maybe some people won't understand. That's how it works. But someone will. Someone will listen. Someone will be there. And so I want to go on to Psalm 139, which talks a lot about self-image. It talks a lot about what what God sees in us, what God knows for us, about the, the perfect plan for each of our lives. So Psalm 139. O Lord, you have examined my heart and know everything about me. You know when I sit down or stand up. You know my thoughts, even when I'm far away. You see me when I travel and when I rest at home. You know everything I do and know what I am going to say, even before I say it, Lord. You go before me and follow me. You place your hand of blessing on my head. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me, too great for me to understand. The reason that I read that uh, is not just because what's coming up is amazing and helpful, but because in our thoughts, we are free to be as hateful for ourselves, as angry at ourselves, as anywhere, because no one can stop you, no one can know your thoughts. And so because of that, sometimes they'll run away with you, and they'll run away and keep going and going and going, and you'll think so many negative things. You'll think negative things about how you look. You'll think negative things about how you eat. You'll be, think negative things about how much toilet paper you have because you forgot to go out in the rush and Terry got it all. You'll think negative things about all of these different things going on in your life and, and it'll just keep going. Especially the more alone you are, it'll just keep going. But this tells me that God knows all of those thoughts. He knows everything that you're thinking. He knows everything going on in your head. He knows everything you've ever thought. And yet he still loves you completely. He still has a perfect plan for you. He still wants you to seek him. He still wants you to get better. He still wants you to try. He still wants you to get up. He still loves you no matter what you think of yourself, no matter what you've done, no matter what you haven't done, no matter who you are, no matter who other people think you are. He loves you completely. And that is going to David, who screwed up big in his life. Uh, David dealt with things like anxiety. David dealt with things like guilt. David dealt with all kinds of things. And a lot of it was his own doing because he committed adultery and he committed murder and he lied and he did all of these things. But God still loved him and still allowed him to come back to him. He still talked to him. He still helped him. And God was still able to work through David to reach other people. And so I want to go to the next part of this, which is down to verse 13. You made all the delicate inner parts of my body and knit me together in my mother's womb. Thank you for making me so wonderfully complex. Your workmanship is marvelous, how well I know it. You watched me as I was being formed in utter seclusion, and I was woven together in the dark of the womb. You saw me before I was born. Every day of my life was recorded in your book. Every moment was laid out before a single day had passed. This is the part that's hard for me to say. This is the part that is hard for me to... to read to myself sometimes because I don't like how I look and I don't like who I am and I'm being dead serious when I say I will not look at that little corner where my face is moving and I can see motion from my hands and things but it's something that I know is an issue it's something that I know I struggle with and I think that most of us know that it's I don't want to say it's in your heads because I don't mean it like that but we know that it's something we have to to look at we have to seek help for we have to 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 try to find a way through because it's important to keep fighting because you are worth it. You are important. You are enough. And in this scripture, David talks about the fact that, that God loves every part of him. God loves the, the, the things that we hate about ourselves. Something in us is beautiful even if we don't see it. Something about us is beautiful even if we don't believe it. And so this scripture says that you were created. 
This scripture says that, that, that when you were born, you were this perfect little baby. Now, you probably don't know this, especially if this is the first time you've seen me. And if you've ever seen me talk, uh, you probably don't know, but I have a niece named Beatrice who's tiny and almost a year old. And, and she's beautiful. She's the most beautiful 11-month-old baby that's ever existed. And, and that's actual fact. I have that written here. And uh, it, it's when I look at her, I see hope, and I see love, and I see a future, and I see all of these different things. Now, I hope that she never struggles as I do. I hope she never has the thoughts that I have. I hope that none of that happens in her life. But I know that at some point throughout her growing up period, as some would call getting older, at some point she will probably question something about herself. She will maybe question uh, something that, that, that she's done, something that she said, something that she's thought. She maybe will question her look. She maybe will question her weight. She maybe will question her height because she's short. She maybe will question something about her. And I will look at her and even then be like, you're perfect. And that's how God looks at us. Now, now I know that we've all kind of dealt with the whole thing, especially growing up, like you're getting bullied or somebody's making fun of you and your mom comes in. She's like, oh, they're just jealous. You know, you're perfect. And she sees that and it's true. And God sees that and it's true. It's so hard for us to then accept it because we're like, well, they love us so much. Why is that a problem? Because they love you so much and God loves you so much. And even though you may not be perfect by the world standards, those standards don't really matter. Now, I know that's easier said than done and it's so hard. But if you look through history, and everybody loves when we get to history time. If you look through history, you will see that the, the ideal beauty changed so much over the course. Like at one point back in the 14, 1500s, probably before too, uh, like if you were heavy, like what we would consider overweight, you were considered successful because you were able to eat and you had enough money to, to provide yourself with that. And now it's kind of flipped. And so you see the people on the magazines and you see uh, airbrushing and all of these different things with supermodels and, and we have so many filters and all of these things. There's nothing wrong with filters. There's nothing wrong with that. If you post a picture of yourself and you put a, a beautiful filter, good, because you should feel good about yourself. But also, you should be aware that you are worth it no matter what anybody else thinks. You should be aware that you are beautiful. Now, I could say this over and over again, and I could repeat this for the rest of the message, and I could take the rest of my time to just say how worth it you are and how enough you are. I could talk about my own problems, like I said. But what it comes down to is being willing to look in the mirror, and that's hard. I avoid looking in mirrors myself and saying, okay, this is more than just me worrying about how I'm going to look today. This is something that maybe is deeper. This is something that maybe I should get help. There is no weakness in admitting that you need help from other people. There is no weakness in praying and then also seeing a doctor. There is no weakness in, in praying and talking to a pastor and still going to a counselor. In fact, there is strength in doing everything you can to get better. There is strength in doing everything you can to, to, to get help. There is strength in standing up and saying, you know what, I don't see what other people see and I hope to try to someday. I hope to get help. I hope to, to get better. And that's how you begin that journey and that's how you get help and that's how you go forward. And so there are days that I read this little section of scripture over and over and over again. And I will tell you right now, even though I'm a pastor and even though I'm speaking right now, I don't believe it all the time. There's a lot of times I don't. There are a lot of times that I'm going to preach on Sunday morning and I'll be like, this will go so well with my message. And although I don't usually coordinate my outfits and I kind of wear the same thing all the time, but I will think, 
this this would be something good to wear. Like I, I like this shirt or I like this these jeans, which I have like two pairs, so yeah. But it, it, I, I will think that, and then I'll try it on and I'll look in the mirror and, and I'll just see something I don't like, and I'll be like, man, I just can't do it. And so I'll have to change, and maybe I'll get something baggy, maybe I'll get something in a darker color, maybe I'll do something like that, and then it will affect how I eat that day. Uh, there was a point not long ago where I was way more overweight than I am now, and, and I started, and this is not what I, I would recommend at all, but, but I felt so bad about myself and so bad about my life that I stopped eating, period. And, you know, I knew that it was dumb and I knew that it was a bad idea. And I realized, well, you know, if I want to lose weight, if I want to change how I look, I should try to do this a little healthier. I should go to the gym. I should do things like that. And it's hard. And it's hard to keep it off. And it's hard for all of that. There are people I know who are going the other way. And I know for some of us, it's ridiculous to try to think of. And it's hard. But there are people who are like, I can't gain weight. And I can't gain muscle. And I can't do this. There are people who hate their hair, who hate their eyebrows, who hate their noses, who hate everything about themselves. And they look in the mirror and they see this distorted Pablo Picasso type painting. Uh, I know what that feels like. There are people who struggle far worse than me. But this scripture is one of the first things you can do to at least read it. And it's uncomfortable to read, especially if you don't believe it. But, but, but to read that you watched me as I was being formed. You, you love me no matter how I look. You love me. You value these things. You value goodness. You value love. You value heart. You value hope. You value forgiveness. You value all of these things. And you start there. And you pray and you talk. And a lot of times, and I talk to the teens a lot about praying because it's hard to volunteer to pray publicly. Uh, it's hard for adults to volunteer to pray publicly because it's a personal thing. But one of the things we do as Christians sometimes is we make prayer harder th than it is. Um, if you go to church, if you've ever been to church, you know that a lot of people can pray beautifully, like almost like a psalm itself. And, and that's real. That's them talking to God. That's them uh, speaking a message through their prayers. But for most of us, it, it can be hard to think and it can be hard to remember prayer requests. And we can have all of these worries. But prayer, especially personal prayer, is just you talking to Jesus and saying, hey, I hate this about myself. Hey, this is what's going on in my life. This is what I'm dealing with. Hey, you know what? I've been stuck at home for a week and I'm on spring break and Disney is closed and restaurants are closing and thankfully the movies are still going right now, but please don't go because I am. But there's all of these different things that, that, that are just affecting my life and tearing my life down and I just don't like how I look and all I do is look in the mirror and all I do is worry. And, and, and that's a prayer because you're talking to him and then you go from there. And you say, hey, give me the courage to tell someone else. Give me the courage to talk to my parents who love you, I promise. No matter what problems you have, especially being together for weeks at a time, uh, they love you. And saying, hey, you know what, I, I'm really struggling with this. I, I would like to talk to somebody. And then being willing to go to talk to that person. Being willing to go into counseling. Being willing to continue to fight. There is no shame in that. There is no shame in losing the fight sometimes. There will be some days that you get up and you're ready to try and then something happens. Maybe somebody bullies you, makes fun of you, and you can't look in the mirror and you feel so worse and you go back to bed and you will consider that a loss. It happens. It happens to every single person. There's no shame in that because as long as you are alive, as long as you get up the next day, as long as you say, okay, I'm going to learn from that. I'm going to grow. I'm going to do my best. That's fighting. That's winning. As long as you're fighting, you're winning. There's one last part of this scripture. Uh, the next verse there. How precious are your thoughts about me, O God. They cannot be numbered. I can't even count them. They outnumber the grains of sand. And when I wake up, you are still with me. 
you are always worth it. And, and I believe in God or I wouldn't be doing this. Uh, I, I believe in, in faith. I believe in Christianity. I believe in what I do and what I say. I do this because it's important to me, because it fills me. But no matter what you believe, and I assume that if you're watching this, you have faith. But no matter where that is, no matter where you are, please know that you are loved. Know that you are not alone. Know that you are worth it. No matter what you think of yourself, no matter what other people say about you, no matter what other people think about you, you are worth it and you are an individual with value. And and this scripture to me says, how precious are your thoughts about me? Because while we may have negative thoughts about ourselves, God never does. Never once has a negative thought. And you may think, well, what about this time that I did this, or this time that I said that, or this time that this happened? No, because he loves you no matter what. And there are people in your life that love you no matter what. This series is not just about each of the individual issues that I talk about. Because there is no scripture or or prayer that I could do right now, no sermon that I could do right now that, that will end all mental health issues. There is nothing. And like I said, I struggle with a lot of them myself. But... When you talk about them, when you don't hide them, when you talk about what you need, when you talk about getting help, when you look at someone who loves you and you accept that they love you or you try to accept that they love you, when you remember in your darkest times, in your deepest nights, in in your hardest times, that God only has good thoughts for you, that he knows how many hairs are on your head, that he knows everything about you and he still loves you, that he has a plan for you. Going all the way back to Romans at the beginning, there is a perfect and pleasing and good plan for your life. I don't know what it is. If I knew all of these things, I would gladly take the rest of the time and the rest of the day and the rest of the week to just go through each person and say, hey, this is your time. And you may not be watching, but you'll see this later. And so this is your plan and this is what it's going to be and this is what it's going to look like. I'd love that. But throughout my life, I've realized that part of what makes that plan work is finding it for yourself, is finding that relationship with him, finding that help and moving forward. Uh, This series, as I said, is so important to me that that no, no outbreak, no quarantine, no nothing would stop me from giving this message. Now, right now is a hard time. And it's going to be hard, as I said, to look at yourself. It's going to be hard to think about yourself. It's going to be hard when you're alone, when your friends aren't there, when you can't go to church, when you can't go to, to McDonald's, when you can't go wherever. It's going to be hard. I will not stand here and lie to you and say, oh, no, listen to my message and everything's easy from that. That's not how it works. It's going to be hard, but you are worth this. And no matter how long it lasts, maybe it's two weeks, maybe we're, we're all quarantined for three, for four. Maybe it's the rest of the year, and you know, hopefully not. It's terrifying and blah, blah. But, but no matter what, you are never alone. No matter what, there will be a tomorrow. You see, one of the things that your parents will say to you, one of the things that I will say to you, one of the things your teachers, principals, everybody else will say to you is, well, with age comes experience. And sometimes we kind of say it smugly because we're old and that's all we got. But with age does come experience. And so we've seen all of these different things change in the world. And there are people even older than me, if you can believe it, who have seen even more happen in the world. And it's like, yeah, it's awful for a time. It's wickedly awful for a time. And it's hard and it changes everything. And the NCAA tournament gets canceled and all of these things. But eventually, eventually we get through it. And how do we get through it? Together, by remembering we are not alone, but but by doing what we can to work on ourselves when we have this time. Uh, I, I love having youth group. I, I love 
being there on Sunday nights and, and being there on Tuesday nights. And I love being there Sunday mornings and I love doing that. And that's hard because I'm an introvert and, and it's hard to be around people and it's draining, but I still love it because I love all of the people here. And, and I love being able to be around that joy and that faith. And it's something that, that even though I'm drained after and even though it's hard, it, it, it's something that fills me for that time with, oh, this is good. And so I love that. And so it's hard for me to not have that. It's hard for me to be behind a screen and giving this message. It's hard for me, but I'm doing it. And that doesn't make me perfect because I'm not. It doesn't mean that I'm who you should emulate because you shouldn't. Uh, what I'm saying is what I've decided over the course of however long we don't have this, I will keep doing this as long as we're able to do this. Uh, that's my, my, my goal. That's my plan. That's my, my, my future. I will do this. Even if we have like one viewer right now, I will do this. Uh, hi, Mom. And, and so that is important to me. But I'm also going to take some of the time and work on some of the things that I've kind of put off because we have work and we have school and we have all these other things. So I'm going to try to write more. I'm going to try to get published more. Uh, I'm going to try to, to look at myself. I'm going to try. Now, I'm not going to say that in two, three weeks, I'm going to be in this perfect place like, oh, man, I can't believe how Jeff used to be. But I'm going to try. I'm going to keep fighting. And so my challenge to you, my encouragement to you is to keep coming back each week as long as we're on camera. When we have it in real life, come to that. But, but, but look at yourself and say, you know what? There's at least one good thing in me. There's at least one good thing about me. I believe that. And start there. Now, eventually you'll find more than one, and eventually you'll be able to get to that. But keep trying. Keep fighting. Keep remembering that you are worth it. Keep remembering that you are enough. Keep remembering that there is more to life than right now. That there is a future for you, a perfect future. And God loves you, and I love you. And that next week when we come back to talk, we're going to talk about something called PTSD. And it's something that's hard. And the week after that, we're going to talk about depression. And maybe that'll be on the camera. Maybe it'll be in person. I don't know. But either way, we're going to talk about it. One of the things that has helped me through my depression, through my things, and I'm going to say it now, even in the self-image part, is find little things to look forward to. Find little things to where you're looking into the future and saying, this is going to happen. For me, the show Supernatural was a huge thing because it started when I was dealing with a lot in my life. And then I lost my grandma and I had to move and I had to do all these things. And so I was like, well, this week's a new one. And it was Stevie, and it was church, and all of these things. That doesn't mean those things replace faith. It doesn't mean those things replace prayer. It doesn't mean those things replace your relationship with God. But find something to look forward to. And so I'm giving you that. I'm not thinking that I'm amazing. I'm not saying this is going to go viral. Bad choice of words. Uh, but what I'm saying is, I promise you that I will be back here next week, and you will be able to hear this or watch it, you will be able to comment. And so find something like that to where it's, okay, there's something normal in my life. There's something coming. And then do your best to get help. Do your best to pray. Do your best to look at your, yourself and say, I'm not alone, and I am enough. That's all I got.